Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Governor Gretchen Whitmer is expected to lay out her first budget proposal this week, and we expect it's going to explain in more detail how she plans to fix the roads and therefore deliver on her central campaign promise. But where is the money? an estimated $2 billion more each year than we spend now, supposed to come from? Where should it come from? What do our options look like at this point with our roads in such terrible condition and us not really dedicating the kind of money that other states do to it? And which of the options in front of us would be the best? That's where we want to begin the conversation today on Detroit Today. And, of course, we really want to hear from you. What are you expecting the governor to say tomorrow? What would you like for the governor to say? And what's the solution that you would be most excited about to fix the roads here in Michigan? Are you somebody who thinks we all need to pay a little more in taxes, either at the pump or maybe at the sales register or maybe in our incomes or property taxes in order to fix the roads? Or are you someone who thinks there are other alternatives that make more sense, other ways to get more money without raising more taxes. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. And joining me now to talk more about infrastructure is Candace Miller, Macomb County Public Works Commissioner, former U.S. Congresswoman, and former Michigan Secretary of State. Candace, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks so much, Stephen. Good yeah. to join you. It's good to hear from you as well. Uh, let's start. Uh, you, you have made much of our infrastructure shortfalls, both in your run for your current position as Macomb County Public Works Commissioner and in the work that you've done since you've been there. I, I'm really curious what you expect to hear from the governor tomorrow as someone in that role, right? Uh, uh, what is it that, that you feel the state could do, needs to do to help people like you who are responsible for local infrastructure? Yeah, well, one thing is everybody, every time we have a conversation about infrastructure, we seem to focus almost exclusively on roads, which, believe me, is a marquee issue. I drive them as well. <laughs> but it's not the only infrastructure issue that uh, that we're facing here in Michigan and across the nation, quite frankly. And uh, in my role as the Macomb County Public Works Commission, of course, I'm dealing with underground infrastructure. So, you know, it's sort of out of sight, and therefore it's out of mind until you have a disaster, uh, like the uh, like the incident that we had on 15 Mile Road uh couple of years ago, mm-hmm. or other kinds of uh, incidents like that that are lurking underneath the, the, the ground, quite frankly. We have very old uh, underground infrastructure. So I'm hopeful that the governor will uh, sort of put together a comprehensive plan uh, to look at all these various things. And, uh, you know, I always say this, uh, Stephen, as you know, when I was in Congress, I was the only Michigan member on the Transportation Infrastructure Committee. Mm-hmm. And we were always trying to pass uh, a more robust uh, national infrastructure reauthorization because I I would say, you know, throughout history, quite frankly, the economics always has followed the uh, transportation grid in our country, whether that was uh, the wagon trains going out west and then (laughs) 
the railroads went, and then the interstates, and now the aviation links, the shipping channels. I mean, you have if you don't invest in infrastructure, uh, you know, economically, you're really uh, putting yourself behind the eight ball. And so, when you say invest in infrastructure, um, you know, a lot of people hear that and they say, "Well, you just want more of my money. You want to raise my taxes." Uh, and you know, uh, I, I wonder what you make of the opportunity to do this uh, without that, uh, or whether you you also believe that we just we just need to raise more money than we are to take care of uh, not just roads, as you point out, but all of the things that uh, that are part of our infrastructure. Well, uh, look, you're not going to do it without money. Let's just put that on the table, right? <laughs> Somebody thinks you're going to fix all this stuff and no one's going to have to pay for it. Uh, you're in a dream world somewhere. So something has to happen here. Now, I do think we can be, uh, you know, we can look at this hopefully very realistically and think about um, areas that they can find uh, common agreement on because obviously you have a Democratic governor and both uh, chambers, the House and the Senate, are controlled by the Republicans. But certainly on the area of infrastructure and the issue of infrastructure, we're all driving around on these roads. Although many of our legislators, God love them, are representing our beautiful northern part of our state where the roads are in pretty good shape. Mm -hmm. And by the way, they get uh, more than their fair share of road money. I will just say that outright. Uh, because back in uh, 1951, right. 1951, I was born in 54, and I'm in my 50s. So. A long <laughs> time ago. A long time ago. 1951, pa- Public Act 51 was passed, which was how they distributed road funding from the state. And they are still using that extremely antiquated formula today. In other words, it's by... Um, it's by uh, miles, miles, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're driving along a major highway in the Upper Peninsula, which is 50 miles long, it's only two lanes, though, right? Or you're driving M59 50 miles, which is, you know, eight and ten lanes in some areas or, or whatever, any of our major arteries down here, we are getting the same amount of money for M59 per mile as you are on some road up, up in the Upper Peninsula and and that has happened for all these decades. And all you have to do is get in your car and start driving around southeast Michigan, and you can see what that has wrought. Sure. So but somehow, you'd have to convince a lot of those outstate legislators to vote to, to reverse that. And I guess that's the reason that, uh, that we haven't done it since 1951. <laughs> well, and that's right. That, that requires leadership. I hope that the governor will be able to uh, persuade them uh, if, if she's willing to take that on. You know, I mean, let's face it, something has to change and that that requires leadership at the top. You have to sort of give them something, I guess, and, and to get them to vote for it as well. I mean, once you give a dog a bone, try taking it away. Right. <laughs> right. So um, there's, there's that. But also, I think that the lawmakers in the populated counties need to uh, get together so that they can uh, vote as a block. In other words, if you said everybody in Wayne, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, in Wayne, Oakland, Macomb, Kent, maybe Washtenaw, you know, we're not going to vote for this unless unless something. Yeah. Uh, that, then I think you could start to make some movement on it. Anyway, that's that's one thing. Without changing, uh, without taxing anybody, you first change the formula so that you get uh, parity and equity. And I think that people are are usually 
willing to invest uh, if they think the money is coming back to them. If they don't ever think that, it's a harder sell. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you can give us an update on how things are going in Macomb County with with infrastructure. You walked into uh, quite a uh, an emergency situation, as you pointed out, along 15 mile road where we had a, a sinkhole. Uh, but but you were quick to point out that that wasn't the only issue that was uh, on your plate uh, when you got there. H- how are things going? Things are going very well. That uh, In that particular case, uh, yes, when I first I literally walked into that, it happened just a couple of days before I took office right. two years ago. And uh, everybody said it was going to be a three-year project and it cost $150 million. Well, we did it in under a year and it was $70 million, which is still a lot of money, but mm-hmm. it's not 150. So uh, that is probably the best piece of infrastructure in all of the state of Michigan right now. It was a beautiful Brand job. new. <laughs> Brand new. But one of the things that we're looking at with our underground, first of all, we're inspecting everything. Uh, in that particular drainage district, as we call it, that, that uh, provides underground sanitary sewage for uh, 11 communities, We've uh, that's about 17 miles of underground, which we have inspected. And no surprise, we found a number of issues, nothing that uh, criticality, but certainly a lot of issues uh, for maintenance and preventative maintenance. And we're putting together a plan and costing it out and and trying to uh, do things in a very reasonable approach. But, you know, uh, Stephen, the real reason I ran for this job uh, was because of uh, our magnificent Great Lakes, quite frankly. And in our county, in Oakland County, and Wayne uh, Wayne County in particular, the city of Detroit is the is they really got issues with these combined sewer overflows where for decades our inadequate underground infrastructure has, every time we have a rain event, we have to discharge combined uh, a sanitary sewer with storm sewer into the lake, which we just can't keep living that way. So we uh, down in Macomb County have a plan uh, for our couple of pump stations, and it's my intention before I leave office here to stop doing this in Macomb County. And we are putting together, we actually have our major pump station where we're, um, we've got, we're, we've costed out a plan. We've got an engineering uh, group on board and we're going to, we're going to fix this stuff because we can't just push that to the next generation. It's not right. Hmm. Uh, I'm speaking with Candace Miller, who is the Macomb County Public Works Commissioner. Uh, we're talking about infrastructure here in the state of Michigan, infrastructure and as it pertains to roads, which uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer has talked a lot about, but also infrastructure as it pertains to things like water and sewer. How about our bridges? Uh, we are really behind funding the maintenance of all of those things. And as we look forward to the governor laying out her budget priorities tomorrow, the question is, how much of this infrastructure will she be able to fund? How much of the fixes will she be able to bake into that budget? Uh, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. We really want to know how you would fix the roads and other infrastructure here in the state of Michigan. Uh, let's start with John on the east side. John, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So I, I just am looking at the Forbes World's Billionaires, and I'm looking at the top one, Jeff Bezos, Amazon. Uh, then we go down to, oh, let's go into Coke Industries, Walmart, uh, 
Google. Okay, so what would these businesses be without roads? Great question, John. They couldn't get employees to work. They couldn't get their trucks to take product to us. Who should pay for the roads? You think the businesses should? Yes, I do, because they're just going to keep bleeding the money out of the American economy, and they don't need... Uh, the, the six heirs of Walmart hold the same amount of wealth as 30 million Americans. Mm-hmm. That's true. The inequity is just not working well. Yeah, John, I, I really appreciate the call and the idea there. Um, Candace Miller, uh, he's right. The biggest businesses in the in the country many of whom uh, don't pay a lot of tax, and federal tax at least. Uh, there was a really good story about how little Amazon actually pays uh, in taxes. Uh, why not change that structure and dedicate the money to infrastructure? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to bite on that one. <laughs> but I'm here to talk about infrastructure. And I'll tell you, in regards to Michigan, on some of the other things that I hope the governor looks at in the legislature, I would say this. I think they need to review the whole current tax, all the taxes that are currently being paid, and the mix and how they're distributed. And I say that because there are lots of good things that are being funded by your road tax, but not it's not all going to roads. Some of it goes to libraries, some of it goes to schools, some of it goes to all of these other kinds of things. And I think they need to really look at all of this. You know, this is it's it's sort of insidious, right? It's almost like what happened with Social Security. You you run out of money at the federal level, you look for a pot of money, and there you go. That's what's happened with the road uh, money, I think, over the years. So I hope they look at that. Then going forward, you know, one of the things the governor may be talking about. I don't know if she'll put this in her in her budget tomorrow, but if she can't get something through the legislature, she's probably going to have to look at some sort of bond issue. And you know, there's still paying off previous bonds. Hmm. So this whole this whole thing needs to be looked at. But I would also say this. I think, I, I just feel I know, very optimistic that somehow the Trump administration, and now that the Democrats control the U.S. House, and of course in the Senate, uh, Mitch McConnell's wife, is uh, Elaine Chao, is the Secretary of Transportation. Of transportation sure. I think all of these stakeholders want to get a national infrastructure plan done. And now that they're sort of done dinking around with this, whatever happened with the border stuff, when I mean, that's an issue for another day, if they can get past that and get onto the, a, a, an issue like infrastructure, and I think they can, I feel very optimistic that we could have a national infrastructure bill. And, uh, I mean, Trump was a builder all his life. He understands how necessary it was. That was one of his marquee issues. Nancy Pelosi. And her leadership team is talking about infrastructure yeah. all the time. I mean, everybody's talking. Everyone's talking about it. I think the, the the question is, how do you get everyone to agree on the way to do it? And I mean, I do think that there is. Uh, I loved your artful dodge of uh, of John on the East Side's <laughs> question there about about taxes, higher taxes for people who have lots more money. Um, but I think that that ends up being a sticking point, right? Uh, uh, when you talk about infrastructure and how much money we need, I think it's very fair on the left side of the, spec- the political spectrum to bring up that there's a lot of money we don't ask some people to pay. Uh, maybe we ought to ask them to pay more. 
Well, I guess if you're going to do that, you have to think about what you're going to ask them to pay for, right? Is that what you want the money for? You want to uh, raise taxes on on corporations or whatever for infrastructure, or do you want it for education, or do you want it for national defense, or whatever you think you want it for? So that's got to be a whole part of that, right. that particular discussion. You can't spend spend the same dollar more than once, right? Uh, you really you really can't. <laughs> and uh, you know this this is a democracy, which means everybody gets a. Uh, an opinion, and uh, and I appreciated John's opinion, but as I say, I'm not I'm not going down that road, <laughs> and I'm not here to debate him about that kind of an issue. But I I do have a real commitment to getting something done about infrastructure, and I personally am not one of these that says under no circumstances can you ever uh, have more investment in it, or you know that something whether I I don't know what I but I have a very open mind if it's fair if it's equitable. On, on paying a fair share. And I also believe that the users need to pay. I mean, all the users on the road, uh, this is something that at the national level we were looking at, and I know they really are now. But let's just say this. I mean, here we are in the Motor City, and everybody wants to drive an electric vehicle coming up. Well, if you're driving an electric vehicle, that's great, right? Because now you don't have to buy so much gas. You're not, you're not paying the gas tax. But guess what? When you pull out of your garage, you're still driving down Mound Road. Yes. You're still wear and tear on the road, and now you're not even paying gas tax. So how are we going to handle that? Yeah. The whole gas tax is, is sort of an antiquated uh, tax in itself. And, again, I think the users have to pay, so they're going to have to figure out how can that happen. Yeah. Okay, Candace Miller, Macomb County Public Works Commissioner. Always great to catch up with you. Thanks for joining Thanks us. Thanks so much, Stephen. You too. All right. We're going to continue our conversation about infrastructure next with local and national ex- experts. Uh, we want to continue to hear from you as well. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Mike in Chesterfield, Eric in Royal Oak, Charlie in Detroit. We will get to you next as well. Also remember, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. You can download and subscribe to Detroit Today. You can take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. We are talking about infrastructure, infrastructure as it pertains to roads, as it pertains to bridges and water and sewer systems across our state. Governor Gretchen Whitmer made very much of the idea that we need to pay more to fix the damn roads, as she said throughout the campaign last year. Her budget address tomorrow, her first budget address after being elected governor, is expected to lay out a little more about how she would do that. What would she do to raise the nearly $2 billion a year that most experts say we need in addition to what we already have in order to take better care of our roads? Uh, we want to hear from you, as always, about what you think should be done. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. And we are joined now by two experts who will help us think about what our options look like here and what may be better options 
than others. Eric Lufer is president of Citizens Research Council of Michigan, which recently released a study that was titled Evaluating Michigan's Options to Increase Road Funding. Eric, welcome to Detroit Today. Steve, it's great to be back with you. Also, uh, Adi Tomer is a fellow with the Brookings Institution's Metropolitan Policy Program. He leads that organization's Metropolitan Infrastructure Initiative. Adi, welcome back to Detroit Today. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Stephen. Yes. All right. Uh, so, Eric, uh, let's start with this report that Citizens Research Council of Michigan released last week. Uh, what are our options for increasing fundings? for roads and other infrastructure? So basically there's three options that uh, policymakers can have. When we're talking about this much money, it's hard to monkey around the edges. You have to really focus on the big things here. So uh, raise more taxes, look at the money that the state already collects and what can be diverted to roads, uh, prioritizing roads over other things, or selling bonds to bring in uh, an infusion of money and using that to, uh, to dedicate to the roads. And, and we really, uh, we think bonding is a, a good idea when you're doing one-off projects like the I-75 rebuild in Oakland County. Uh, we have a major section of road. It needs to get done quick. It needs to have the money to get in and get out, uh, but it's not good for long-term funding. It ends up costing almost twice as much when you use bonding. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at the money that's already in the budget and can some be diverted, certainly we need to look, but it's already a tight budget. The Governor Snyder committed a lot of future money to some of his priorities. Uh, the budget's not growing that fast that we're really going to capitalize on economic expansion. So, yes, we need to look, but good luck. And that leaves uh, new taxes as, as the way to do it. We really focus in on the user taxes that Candace Miller was just mentioning, gas taxes, vehicle registration fees, and she mentioned the you know sort of looking at what we're paying at the pump, and that means uh, we think a good idea to stop levying the sales tax on gasoline purchases and only levy gas taxes and, and diesel taxes in the sort. So that means you would have to deal with school funding and local government funding. Um, all that needs to be considered in the, in the big picture. Right. You'd have to find new sources for those parts of government if you took uh, if you took that away from them, if you took the part of the gas taxes that they have now uh, away from them. Uh, Adi Tomer, uh, what are some examples of places that have done this, that have had aging infrastructure maybe fallen behind in the way that they fund that infrastructure and then gotten their act together and said, hey, uh, there's a better way to do this. There's a better way to take care of things. And we have uh, an idea. Uh, what what are some of those ideas? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, generally what we're finding across the country, uh, and I, I swear this isn't a cop-out answer, it's the, the kind of the short answer is it's the it's everywhere. Um, we are finding that on the national aid highway system, uh, and I think Eric's report really kind of brings us home within it, and it's a great piece of work, um, on that national aid highway system. So that's everything, your interstates, your U.S. road, you know, the black-white symbols you see, um, and frankly, a lot of local roads, uh, state and local roads that you don't even realize get that federal aid money. Um, On those roads, the pavement conditions have generally been improving across the country. And part of the reason we've been seeing that is a commitment better than before, still not as good as it should be, to maintenance instead of roadway expansions, which many of us grew up for decades seeing, right? That era is pretty much over. 
Uh, and so when we prioritize maintenance and there's enough money to go around, we have seen road conditions improve. Now the challenge is local roads, locally controlled roads, are not improving nearly as quick. In fact, their condition is deteriorating. Uh, and Michigan seems to be uh, ground zero for this kind of experience. And the places that are succeeding in addressing it are really hitting two notes at once. I think Eric's already alluding to it. Number one is they're prioritizing maintenance, first and foremost. Uh, and the second is that they are dedicating uh, net new revenues, wherever they may be finding it from. And that potent combination of maintenance plus new money can really start to address this maintenance backlog, improve the conditions of what we already have, rather than thinking through the lens of, you know, basically we need to expand out our roadway network, that's going to help unlock economic growth. Like I said, that era of American economic history is pretty much over. So now we need to maintain this great asset class we've already built. Hmm. Um, what do you think, uh, or why do you think infrastructure, I guess, is such a tough thing to deal with? Like, why can't we just kind of agree that this is a priority that, that transcends political boundaries, that transcends ideology, uh, and is one of the things that, that we just have to do? It seems, and maybe I'm romanticizing here a little bit, but it seems like there was a time that we were able to do that. What, what happened that moved infrastructure, I guess, out of that kind of neutral political category and into the sort of ideological wars that we see now, Adi Tomer? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I love any conversation where we merge the word romanticism and infrastructure, so that's always <laughs> a great start. Uh, the, you know, I think the short, you know, I, I think you and Eric are much better to speak to Michigan, right? I can speak a little bit from watching as an outsider, right? But um, from that kind of national level, you know, it's, and in some ways, I think this resonates with everyone everywhere, is we don't know what we want to build anymore. So in the 1940s and then 50s, and eventually when we get the Interstate Highway Act in 1956, which was underway long before Eisenhower even made his way to Germany mm -hmm. to, see, uh, to see their highway system, uh, was we kind of had a sense of what we needed, right? Better driving conditions between these growing cities and metropolitan areas, and then a pretty lively debate about whether those highways should plow through our cities or not. We, we now know what happened, but, but it was really about connecting them. And it took us about four or five decades. You can now see it from space. It's truly one of humanity's great public works <laughs> projects. But the, the project's over, right? So it, it leads to a natural question. Well, well, what's next, right? Maintenance is not as sexy. Um, you know, building high-speed trains everywhere doesn't necessarily make sense. So it's not the same national effort. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're seeing the same debate. And look, Michigan's also ground zero for this on the water side, right? We had a federal aid water system that was really oriented around, uh, frankly, rivers burning as an image, even if that was only a small scale of the problem. We invested a considerable amount. We pulled back in the 1980s, and now we're left with pretty stark conditions in places. So we're, we're having a really interesting period of reckoning on what we want to build. What does that say about us as, as a society, really? Um, and how do we get the most bang for our buck? What I will posit you're hearing out of Washington is there's a lot more interest in hearing not national ideas, but how do we get more support both to state capitals and local agencies, county, city, what have you, um, to invest in what matters to them? How can the federal government help support them rather than be a kind of top-down monolithic effort? Hmm. Uh, Eric Lufer, uh, I want you to address that question, that same question from the state uh, perspective, uh, but, but also uh, talk a little about whether there's an opportunity now, given the campaign we saw 
last year for governor uh, and given some of the things that we have heard from the legislature? So, yeah, I mean, first of all, on your the question that um, was just addressed, uh, I think really what we see is a system of dependence, that the states have grown a dependence on federal funding, the local governments have grown a dependence on state funding, and, and nobody's championing it anymore, uh, you know, save that Governor Whitmer just got elected on this issue. So it's just sort of has hit a, a smooth sailing, just go, it's it's all built now we can go on and do other things um but without without the federal government really investing in that the states are just sort of standing by and waiting and without the state and uh, doing more investment the local governments the counties and the cities and villages in michigan are just sort of standing by saying we wish somebody would do something instead of taking the bull by the horns and, and challenge you know taking it on themselves uh, taxes are you know, a big issue in this. And uh, at all levels of government, there's some adversity to increasing taxes. Now, the question is, you know, can something get done now? And I think the answer is clearly yes. You sort of, you know, what does it take to come to a deal? Uh, You have to have willing participants. And I think we've heard out of the Republican leadership in the legislature that they're recognizing that this is an issue and they're recognizing that new funding will be necessary to tackle this. You need a champion, and clearly we have one in Governor Whitmer. Uh, we have a, a wide recognition of the problem because we're all driving on these roads that uh, take us to the bump shop every third week. So, you know, th- I think the pieces are in place, and if we can't get it done now, then there's no hope for the future. Mm. Uh, again, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, let's go to Mike in Chesterfield. Mike, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. How's everything going? Good. How are you? Good, good. Just uh, wanted to let you know on the um, the, the thing that I have an opinion on for, the, uh, for how bad the roads are and infrastructure in the state, I think that one of the main things we're not really talking about, well, well you guys, uh, you're... Um, one of your guests did point out was uh, the lack of proper maintenance mm-hmm. of the roads and everything. Uh, one of the things that always um, gets on um, under my skin is, is seeing uh, the road workers, and I don't blame them at all. They're just following uh, what they're what they're told, but it they're shoveling hot mix asphalt into concrete spalls. That sort of practice alone not only is a waste of money, but it actually causes more problems down the line for our roads, and yet this is a practice that gets done everywhere. Um, aside from the, the bad practices, which end up causing more road damage, um, it, uh, one, of the, one of the main things that we don't really uh, talk about in this whole country, well, in the state, is our lack of really doing any major projects for at least my lifetime. Um, when, you, when you read about stuff in history, you, or you can just see the stuff that was built in the past, the massive projects. I mean, in Detroit alone, you have the Ambassador Bridge, you have the Windsor Tunnel, mm-hmm. you have the Rail Tunnel, you have all the um, streets and bridges that have been built. And yet, when you, we try to build something nowadays, it seems like it takes billions of dollars and several years. And, and to me, I don't understand how it's possible with the advancements in technology <laughs> and potential that we've been we've been given. Why doesn't it go um, better than that? <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and then one last thing I wanted to say: um, if you look up um, under President Washington um, at the very beginning of our country, 
we had a system of building public roads utilizing individual lotteries. These, uh, these were administered under um, President Washington himself, and he actually was able to get several public roads to be built using this system. It was voluntary, and people uh, accepted it, and they benefited from it, both in the formal road and people bringing uh, can you tell a little more about what that what that looked like? I don't think I understand, and I'm not familiar with that. You say a lottery to build the road. What what uh, what does that mean? What we currently view as like the lottery of of today, you know, several hundred million dollars and then like a million check, but rather individual lotteries. Say um, the the state needs a hundred thousand dollars or maybe like a, one million dollars for one stretch of road. They hand out lottery tickets and stuff like that, and people voluntarily contribute. Oh, I want to participate in this lottery. I'm going to put a hundred dollars in. I'm going to put a thousand dollars in, something like that. And then, um, say they get two million dollars in the pot. Well, one million goes to the road, and the other million goes to whoever wins or divvies up how much the winners. Uh, that's an interesting. That is an interesting approach, Mike. Uh, I'm not sure how that would look uh, if we did that today, but I really appreciate the call. Uh, and the comments, uh, Eric Lufer, his first point about maintenance—that uh, is the—that is the 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 crux of the ongoing problem that we have. No question that we don't spend enough on maintenance, uh, and it's where that two billion dollar figure, I believe, comes from. But it's not maintenance is not the only issue, correct? It's the big one. It's clearly the big one that we're not. Um when we've raised money, we've done these, uh, you know, go back to the late 1990s when Governor Angler was in charge and they sold a bunch of bonds and they increased the gas tax. There was a lot of effort to let's reconstruct roads, but then we didn't have the money to maintain those roads or any other roads beyond that point because there just wasn't enough money there and we had to pay the interest on the bonds that were sold mm. and that was sucking money out of the system. So, yeah, generally maintenance has been a big um, sort of the elephant in the room that nobody wants to recognize. Uh, you know, the, the road commissioners, the road agencies are doing the best they can with what they have. But uh, you know, our paper makes the point we should be building roads to higher standards. Mm -hmm. If you look at American roads versus European roads, we're, we're really shortchanging them. In Michigan, with our climate, with the soil composition, with the the trucks that we have driving because we're a manufacturing state, it really speaks the idea, let's build them to last and maintain them instead of going cheap on construction and not having enough money to maintain them. Uh, so let's do this right. And he's absolutely right on the maintenance side. This throw and go to try to p fix potholes is just throwing money out of the back of a truck and it's not really fixing the problem. Now it costs a lot more to maintain it the right way. So there's only Again, you know, so much you can do, and and I think the whole approach sort of speaks to going cheap because we don't have enough money to fund the system. Mm. Uh, there, there are answers out there. Yeah. Uh, Tom in northwest Detroit suggests that we raise the sin tax in the state to pay for roads. Uh, Adid Tomer, are there other states that use sin taxes for infrastructure? Is that something we ought to think about? Yeah, it's an interesting idea from Tom. Um, they do not. Um, and it's, I, I think it gets to the point that both Eric brings up, and it's clearly just an, an existential debate in Michigan. There's no right or wrong. Is Do you want to, uh, what the budgeteers call, firewall 
your user fees. Uh, so this would be the gas taxes just go to transportation, right? Um, or do you want to allow them to go into the general fund pot, which might sound only a negative, but what that unlocks then is you can have the debate with every other area in, in Lansing, right, to, to kind of go about, you know, how I want to get a bigger slice of the pie, right? So when user fees are down uh, in firewalled states, which the majority are, then you're really stuck, right? And you have little choice uh, but to deal with those smaller revenues. But um, I think that the need for revenues is huge, but you also can't unsee the amount we already spend. Hmm. So this is a huge capital investment area. Um, syntaxes are nice, but it's not, it's not from a lack of having revenue sources around and the ability to raise those up. It's more about political will. And as, as uh, Eric said earlier, right, you've, you've got a champion in Governor Whitmer. So now the question is, can, can the legislature and her team put something together that's palpable to the, to the residents and businesses? Uh, go ahead, Eric. Yeah, Steve, um, when you look at the sin taxes, cigarette taxes, liquor, um, casino gambling, they just don't raise that much money. Yeah. So you would have to raise them in a major way to come up with the type of money we're talking about. Mm. Uh, Eric and Royal Oak also suggests that we use the catastrophic insurance fund uh, to pay to fix the roads. Eric Lufer, that's something that I, I hear lots of people have their eyes on as as a solution, right? For for various things, let's let's not let that money stockpile. Let's put it to work. Is there a, is there an argument for that? I think there's an argument to fixing our insurance system and and fixing the catastrophic fund, so it's only getting as much money as it needs to help those people with catastrophic catastrophic uh, accidents, and and let's stick in our lane on this one. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Eric Lufer, president of Citizens Research Council of Michigan, and Adi Tomer, fellow with the Brookings Institution's Metropolitan Policy Program. It was really great to have you guys here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you. It's great to be back. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. Uh, up next, an effort is underway to save Hamtramck Stadium, former home of the Detroit Stars. We're going to hear about that effort, and we're going to hear from the daughter of legendary Negro Leaguer and Hall of Fame outfielder Turkey Stearns. Stay with us on Detroit Today.